Welcome to Paranormal Almanac with your host, Kurt Sandvik. Quarantine Edition. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Savig, on an all-new quarantine edition of Paranormal Almanac. Stitch is here, over there. I'm here, right here. You're here. Lash was first. Sarah's here. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Dave. Hi, uh, Robbie. And uh, let's see who else we got. Um... <laughs> you will wait. Oh, with Kelly. Hey, howdy, hi. Susan, hey, howdy, hi, Ashley and James and see, thank you, Sean. You like that song? Good. That was my 80s version of the intro song that I had to. That's why that's why I had to stop the live Zoom that we had prior with a bunch of awesome, cool people. Love it. We had uh, Harry, the bassist, lot of, lots of cool people. But um, so I had to create that song so that I could start this week's episode as Stitch is over there somewhere. Um Veronica, hey, howdy, hi. Robin, every, man, everybody's here. I love it. Nico, I love this. Well, first and foremost, I hope you are all doing well, staying safe, staying sane, staying at home, because we want this thing to end. Um, hope you enjoyed last week's all-UFO episode. I mean, that's all that was in the news, so I was like, I got to go with this. In fact, I've got even more UFO stories for this episode and some other stuff, depending on how long this episode runs. Um, Levi, thank you. I've, I've been looking forward to this all week as well. Carlos, you made it to this. Yes, I'm very happy to see you. Um, as always, you know, the phone number will be uh, active in just a moment because I will do that right now while I'm talking about it. As always, you guys can call in at any time. I got a couple of things to talk about, but after that, I will turn the phone lines on. And that means you guys can call in. But give me one second to actually turn the phones on. Okay. Good. All right. We're all set up here. Let me go through. Todd. Hey, howdy. Hi. Oh, good. Sean, got some... Sean and David are eating some pizza. I've got some food on the way. Now, the food's not supposed to arrive for two hours. So this episode will go... Until the food arrives. Or two hours, whatever comes first. Um, but yeah, I got plenty of time. You guys want to call in now. I just turned the phones on. It's 818-732-9399. Um, you guys can call in, talk about anything you like. It doesn't have to be UFOs, although this is going to be another slightly UFO-heavy episode with the stuff that I have to tell you guys. But you guys can call in about anything paranormal. There's so many great paranormal stories that happen in our little Zoom meetings. Let me make sure this is working. Yes, it is. Check one, check two. Perfect. Should have done that earlier, but I wasn't paying any attention. There's so many great paranormal stories that are coming up in these Zoom meetings that we're having. I mean, you call them Zoom meetings. These Zoom hangouts that we're doing. Um, 
everybody there, again, it's always the way people say, oh, I don't really have a paranormal story. Well, there's this one thing that happened, and then they go on to tell this amazing paranormal story. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an all UFO-ish edition, but you can call in with anything paranormal. People ask me, well, does that have to be my story? It doesn't have to be your story necessarily. As long as you trust the person who told you the story. It can't be, hey, my coworker's uncle's dentist's son's nephew saw an alien. I don't give a shit about that. But if you said, hey, my coworker saw an alien, he doesn't really believe in that stuff, but here's the story. I want to hear about that. My dad saw, you know, uh, a ghost in 1947. Cool. Tell me about that one. My grandma, you know, had sex with the poltergeist when she was 12 in, in Lithuania. Yes, I want to hear about that one. I definitely want to hear about that one. But, uh, oh, uh, that's a good question, Jeff. What am I drinking for this episode? Iced tea. I'm starting it out with iced tea. Once I finish this iced tea, I'll switch over to a uh, rum and coke. But I figured, you know... I will, I will relax and just, you know, ease into it. So, uh, yeah, iced tea it is. Uh, no, no, that's not alcohol. Shockingly enough to all of you, I know, I don't just drink alcohol. I also have a bottle of water just waiting for me. But, uh, no, it is iced tea. I will move in in the second hour after Stitch's break or during Stitch's break. I'll move into, you know, a rum and coke. But until then. So, the phone lines are open. Call me for anything. 818-732-9399. Um, yeah, trust me, Jeff. Everybody's driving me to drink. This whole quarantine is driving me to drink. But uh, I'll get there. Trust me. I will get there. Um, let's start with this first story. Because I, I, liked, I liked a lot of these stories. So, there was a bunch of news stories. Well, maybe I should... Let me maybe minimize that so I can actually see you guys while I'm doing this. Because I want to see what you guys are saying while I'm chatting around here. There we go. That's much better. <clears throat> oh, Fran said, I just listened to the Poltergeist episode the other day when I was driving. I love curse stories. Oh, yeah. There's so many more of those. There are so many more Poltergeist stories and curse stories and, and you know, crazy spooky stories. Don't worry. I've got plenty more of those. There's a lot of people, a lot of listeners that say they don't like it when I talk, you know, just aliens because they want to get back to the spooky stuff. Or they don't like it when I talk just spooky because they want to hear about the, you know, you know, UFOs or whatever. But so I try to do a balance. This one, like I said, I've got one, two, three, four. Fuck it. I got a call is what I've got. Let's do this first. I got like four UFO stories and then we'll get to some other stuff. <laughs> Caller, you're on the air. Oh, crap. I've got my other computer open. That's why I'm hearing an echo. Hold on one second, caller, before you start, okay? Give me one second. No worries. There we go. Much better, much better. No echo for me. Who is on the phone? Uh, Levi. Hey, Levi. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, calling from New Long-time listener, first-time caller. Calling from where? New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, dude, thank you so much. I'm, I love listening. I love having new callers. So this is a perfect way to start this show, a new caller. I love it. What, you, what do you got for us tonight, Levi? Uh, so not paranormal. Um, I guess, like, I, I've been listening to your show for a long time, uh, almost since the start of it. 
Uh, I love paranormal podcasts. I love the paranormal. I don't know if I'm quite uh, a believer. I guess I'm a skeptic. I definitely want to believe. But for me, like I haven't had enough personal, tangible proof sure. for me to, like, absolutely. But I would never discredit anybody's experience because, I mean, that's, that's their experience. How could I take that away from them? Like, uh, there's, there's no way I could be like, no, that didn't happen. Um, but, uh, like, I definitely have my own stories from my family and, and everything else. I, I love the, everything about it. See, that's but that's what I like. You know, I, I want everybody to be, I mean, I personally want everybody to be a skeptical believer because not everything is real, but there's enough stuff out there that you got to have to, you kind of have to wonder. So what, um, what, what topics led you to the paranormal? Was it UFOs? Was it ghosts? I mean, like what got you interested in it? Oh, everything. So I'm, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator and I love anything fantastical. I mean, like historically, like what mythology and the paranormal has played in the development of society and how people think and believe things, I think is so interesting. And my family itself, like I come from a religious family and uh, like my father is of Mexican descent and that culture has very heavy uh, like religious practices and understanding of the metaphysical and just experiencing that through them has, has really been what's connected me to it. See, that's cool. I like that. So you, you're, you're keeping an open mind, even as a, as a skeptic. Now, do you think that, did, did you have a religious upbringing as well? Absolutely. Yep. Do you think that that had anything to do with your skepticism or your belief on the par- in the paranormal? Uh, a little bit of both. Like, I, I guess I qualify myself as an agnostic now, but um, as far as, like, paranormal, I mean, like, things happen all the time that we really can't so I'm, I'm absolutely not ruling anything out. Me, personally, I have not had any experiences that set it in stone for me. But I've had people, like, the, the story I'd like to tell, like, today, if, if I get uh, the chance, is, like, of, like, between, like, my, my parents and my older sister. And, I mean, like, it seems so, so credible. I mean, I could never take anything away from these people that I, I count so much on. I personally just haven't had anything that that steals it in stone for me. Well, then let's hear this story. I'm eager to hear this. So, uh, my my parents, uh, uh, my mother is, like, uh, like German and Jewish and, like, a, a mix of everything. And when she started dating my father, uh, they had just gotten married. And uh, my father's family, religious, but also has, like, a lot of that Mexican-style uh, like folklore and beliefs and understandings, which heavily relies on superstition and even like witchcraft, whether it be good or bad witchcraft, um, like black magic or white magic. Sure. And, and uh, so my mom, um, around mm-hmm. like she was dating my dad, and they. This was a story that both my my parents tell me, and my sister um, kind of plays a, a role in it. They were at a, a picnic, and my mother, not knowing that she was pregnant at the time. Uh, had been talking to my dad's aunt, who was a bruja, which is a Mexican witch. Yeah. And, and she, she told my mom, uh, you're with a child, and if you don't wear a skeleton key around your neck, the moon uh, will be offended and will bite your baby from the, the crotch to the ankle. Holy crap. And, 
and my, my mom being um, like a, a Christian and a skeptic was like, well, lady, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm absolutely not going to do that. And uh, my, my older sister, uh, my mom didn't know she was pregnant at the time. Um, so later on, my mom found out that she was pregnant. And when my sister was born, she was born with like a heavy blue and black birthmark from her crotch to her ankle. Holy crap. Wait, wait, uh, I want to make sure I get it right. So she, the, the Bruja said that if you don't wear a skeleton necklace, what's going to bite you? The moon. The moon. That's what I thought you said. That's very specific. Yep. Like, why did, did, did you ever get the, did she ever get to like follow up to find out, you know, why is the moon biting your sister in the crotch? Like, that's weird. So, uh, in like, uh, with like Brujas and, and Mexican, like folklore, like, the, the moon itself isn't like the, the moon that you think of as like the astrological being, like the, the like the, the piece of earth like material that orbits earth, but more as like a spiritual being. Sure. And and so I mean like it's something that they would pray to and, and anything else. I think it was more of like a, a spiritual representation of a physic something physical. And so sure. like if if you don't understand something you, you allocate some sort of like physical representation to it. So the, the Bruja had mentioned it, but whatever it was, like she just associated it with the moon. As I mean, it could have been some sort of like astrological power or metaphysical power, but something was going to like not take kindly to it being um, mostly that like my, my parents were having a like a relationship. Like my, my father was marrying outside of his ethnicity. Oh, okay. Now, what did your mom uh, yeah, say? I, what did your mom think when she, you know, she gave birth? There's your sister. There's the obvious mark right where the Bruja said there would be. Uh, my my mom has had her own like supernatural experiences, so it was just something that she attributed to being supernatural, and not being able to explain it. It was just like, well, I made a mistake. Maybe I should have wore a skeleton key as a necklace. But yeah, even to this day, my sister still has the the huge birthmark, and it's it's a story that like my, my both my parents tell as like something that like we we get around gathered during holidays and <laughs> we all start telling odd stories. It's one that always comes up. Now, I've never heard of you got to wear a skeleton key necklace. Now, you know, a skeleton key is a necklace. Now I got to wonder if you know. If, if I wear a skeleton key, am I even more safe than, you know, no one's ever came up to me and said something bad's about to happen and the moon's about to bite me, but I think that's really cool. I want to find out more about why a skeleton key would have protected her. And, yeah, that's, that's something I've looked into as well. And it's, like, anything that I can find is, I mean, I take it with a grain of salt, but a lot of it is, like, skeleton keys as in, like, some sort of protection from opening doors. It's more of uh, something symbolic rather than something actually physical of what uh, kind of like locked in the supernatural. So a skeleton key like these open doors and they close doors and they keep them shut. So I imagine any sort of like oh a skeleton key or a house key is more symbolic of what sure. uh, keeps things from, from passing through from a, a spiritual realm to a physical realm. Oh no definitely like that. Like, that's what I was wondering is is it is it just a talisman? Did she just pick, you know, something randomly and said, hey, you should wear this as a talisman to protect you? 
or if she had specific experience with the skeleton key itself and that's why she recommended that now did you did you guys are you connected to the bruja still or is it that one and done kind of a scenario um so this um my my sister is is probably close to almost 30 years older than i am um i i have a huge family um but yeah she, she's almost 30 years older than i am and so my aunt or, or great aunt um I imagine has passed away because my parents, um, like raised us as Christian. Like we didn't heavily associate with that, um, particular belief system. And so I, I imagine like it was, it was more of like a friendly cordial connection rather than like an intimate family member. Sure. Sure. Boy, I want to know more about that bruja and I want more backstory on her, man. That's insane. So even with that, you have a familial connection to something that was said to your mom prior to birth and something that turned out to be true if you want to really believe it. Like, even a skeptic could say, that's just a coincidence. Sure, I get that. But, you know, chances of that actually happening are very, you know, slim. Um, so th did did that make your sister or your mom, or you said your mom had a lot of paranormal experiences. Did that make them more open to the paranormal? I, my my sister, not so much. Um, wow. I mean, my, my sister absolutely knows the story, but it's not like she hasn't had, uh, like, heavy experiences. My mom, however, has had a, a number of them for her lifetime. I mean, she's she's pushing close to 70, so, I mean, like, she's put in her time. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, she's, she's had a couple of experiences. Um, and she also is one to kind of take them with, like, a, a grain of salt. It's like, maybe this is wild coincidence. But it's not something you just throw out right away. Sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's. I mean, that's a that's a story that you can't just. I mean, it it, it is a great cocktail story, a great bar story, but it's also one of those where you got to be like, well, I got to feel out the 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 audience before I start telling that story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah. This is awesome. I love this story. Now you said your mom had more paranormal experiences. Can I can I yeah. tempt you for another one? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, like the the most notable one is like she had a very rocky relationship with her mother. Her mom was very secretive. Uh, she my mom found out she had siblings that she didn't know about for for years. Um, and and like she she thought she was being raised by um, like her dad. It ended up being her stepbrother. Like it was it was lots big time frames in between like and uh like estranged siblings and parents and so my, my mom had a very rocky relationship with her mom and uh on my mom's or my grandmother i guess on her deathbed she told my mom something and my mom was the only person in the room and she said years later her and her best friend were using a ouija board um and the, the Ouija board had told her what her mother had said to her on her deathbed. Whoa! Because they, they asked, uh, um, like, what's something that only we would know? And the, the Ouija board had, had given her her mother's dying words, which were, like, terrifyingly enough, um, I'm in hell. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, my, my grandmother's dying words apparently where I'm in hell. Whoa, 
no, you don't want that ever. And my, my mom was the only one um, there when her mother passed. Wow. Holy crap. <clears throat> you got, I mean, I mean you bury the lead. You got some fantastic paranormal stories. Yeah, I mean, like, none me personally, and I am super skeptical. I always want to believe. I, I mean, who doesn't want there to be more out there to know? And I absolutely, like, think there's so much that we just don't know about yet. Sure. But I I personally don't have any rock-hard proof or experiences myself. But, I mean, it's it's come close. Uh, I feel like there's, <clears throat> there's been a couple of times if I didn't stick around to really find out what was going on, I 100% could have been convinced. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely have some, some great cocktail stories, and I thought they'd be fun to share. No, are you kidding? Thank you so much for sharing. These are fantastic. Now, let me ask you a question. Because of this incident, have you ever thought about playing with a Ouija board? I don't recommend it. I don't think you should, but I want to ask. Yeah, absolutely. So I've done my own personal research into Ouija boards and how they work. And because I was raised religiously, I have a pretty solid understanding and foundation of the Bible. And I also, as a skeptic, have done a lot of like independent research onto like, why these beliefs happen and how they span across multiple religions and how psychologically they can affect you in believing. Sure. Um, and with, with Ouija boards, I have used a Ouija board. I haven't had anything happen that I would call paranormal. Um, I, from, from the best that I can explain, I, I wouldn't take away from anyone's experiences with a Ouija board because I, I wasn't there. And of course, like people have these experiences and they're absolutely real. Um, but, uh, the, the group think behind it is essentially like if you're, if you're asking questions, one person knows what the answer is, even if that one person is you and your brain will kind of. Um, like lean towards those from a bigger moment. Sure. And I, I like my personal experiences only. I found that when asking a question, a person subconsciously will make these micro movements to move a Ouija board. Um, uh, what is it? The planchette. Yeah. And so those movements don't have to be very heavy for anyone else to feel those movements. And because the the idea behind a Ouija board is to just let the chip move and for you to be a conduit through it. Um, other people's subconscious will be like, it's moving, I need to let it do what it's going to, and they'll subconsciously help it. So the more people you have around the Ouija board, the more likely it is for that planchette to be moving pretty fluidly. And if one person is subconsciously putting in like the answer, whether they want it or not, the other people are going to respond to it, which is going to make it much more active. Sure. And that's the only experience that I've had, is, like, the more people around it, the more people who believe, the more people who don't quite have an understanding of the psychology behind it, the more likely you are to get some sort of response. And if you want something to be paranormal, if you believe that enough, like, you're, you're absolutely going to believe. I mean, everything adds up for it to be paranormal. Sure. Sure, I can get behind what you're saying. And, and you know what? To a certain extent, I do believe that that happens a fair amount of times. Same thing with dowsing rods and pendulums. There's that subtle, imperceptible movement that makes it actually happen. Um, but on the flip side of that, the
the more people that you have around a Ouija board, the more energy you're putting into that Ouija board, especially if they're believers and they're definitely, we were talking about this on a Zoom uh, thing earlier about like, you know, putting energy into something, the more energy you put into something, the more energy you're going to get out of something. I mean, energy is always going to be there. It's a constant. So it's, it's, you're right. I cannot argue a single word with what you said about Ouija boards and skeptically, I've been to, I've been in many situations with uh, mediums and, you know, look at the candle and if the candle flickers up, it says yes. And if it flicks side to side, it says no. And ask it questions. And the whole time I'm going this, I'm not seeing anything that you're seeing. Cause she's like, Oh, that was a yes. And I'm like, I didn't see the candle do shit. But everybody else around that table were like, oh, I saw it too. It's that power of suggestion. So I can, I can totally get behind what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, I, I could not take away from other people's experiences. I mean, like, my, personally, I have not had anything that I could not debunk. Someone else could absolutely have something that is just unexplainable yeah. and amazing and incredible. And I think that's the greatest thing. Like I, I could not take away from anyone else's experience. I'm, I'm they have right there with you. Absolutely. And so, like with me, like I study a fair amount of psychology. Like I went to be a teacher, and so we had to learn a lot of psychology, and it was an interest of mine. So I, I studied it on my own, and, and I, like I love going on like ghost hunts, or like I live in New England. Yeah. We oh are yeah, the, you're right there, man. The part of the country, we're the oldest part of the country place around here I'm sort of haunting so I love going and investigating and like listening to how people experience things and like for myself either being able to debunk it or being like wow that's amazing I can't find anything to take away from your experience clearly you had something incredible happen sure and so like that that's what draws me into the paranormal it's, it's a fascinating world whether you believe it or not I got to say, I'm very excited to have you call in again because I want you to keep doing this. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't want anybody to be a wholehearted believer or, you know, like wholehearted skeptic. Like, this is perfect. I want you to keep going out and keep doing those kind of things, those those ghost hunt things. And let me know if there ever is something that all of a sudden makes you go, hey, you know what? Now I'm a believer and here's why. Because for... It's to me personally, I've only known you for like five minutes or whatever. But if 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 something happens that makes you go, oh, yep, now I'm a believer, that's going to be a good story. And I want to hear that story. Absolutely. And I mean, like, if, if anyone else uh, hears things about New England, I, I work from home mostly. I'm a, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator. So I, I set my own schedule. If someone's like, hey, I heard about this in Massachusetts or Maine or New Hampshire. Let me know. I'll make a day trip. And uh, I'll report a bunch and post it up. Dude, Levi. I'd be happy to read anything. Dude, Levi, thank you so much for calling. This is awesome. And I'm going to take you up on that. If anybody hits me up, if you, if you can't get a hold of Levi, just hit me up and say, hey, you know that guy that was saying he was from you know, the New England? I want him to check this out. And I will pass it on to Levi. I will find you. I will pass it on to you as well. Um, this is awesome, man. I, I thank you so much for, for kicking off this show perfectly. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I, I can't wait to hear the rest of it. Oh, awesome, man. Me too. Uh, thank you so much for Levi for calling. See, everybody, see how easy that is? You don't have to have your own story. You can have a familial story. And boy, did he have some. Those were 
freaking awesome. I love that stuff. Uh, James asked, where's Stitch? Stitch is over there sleeping. He, uh, you know, it's the weekend. He want, He's kicking back. He's relaxing. Um... Oh, Veronica. Yeah, yes. Your friend Alexandra should call in. I would love to hear her stories. And if she doesn't, you should call in. Tell me those stories. I want to hear some I want to hear some stories. I want to hear from new people. I love the fact we already got some new people calling in. Once again, 818-732-9399. If I remember this week, I keep forgetting to do it. I will actually make a nice clean clear sign, not this chicken scratch on a piece of wood sign behind me. But um but okay, well, um, hey, Kelly, hi, howdy, hi. Um, I will find you. Uh, yeah, I agree, Fran. There are so many creative people that listen to this show, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, actually, you know what? That's a good point. That's a good little segue into something. I was going to bring it up on the next episode, but I'll bring it up now. Since I have so many creative people, and you saw, maybe, hopefully, the shirt that Sean Bishop made for me, the, the uh, don't... DFSB don't fucking shoot Bigfoot shirt that looks like a Ghostbusters logo that I absolutely love. I actually have to buy one for myself this month because, and one for Sean. I promised I'd buy him one. But, oh, I'm going to get to that in a second. But, um, if you are artistically inclined and you would like to submit a design for a shirt, look, I, I, I can only thank you for doing it. I can't, I can't pay you. I don't make enough off of this show to pay anybody, but... If you think you're like, I got nothing better to do, or I want to make a shirt for, for a paranormal almanac, submit your designs. I'm not saying that they're all will be made into shirts, but I think it'd be cool if fans submitted stuff that could become shirts. Now back to you, Veronica. I definitely want to hear from your sister, Alexandra. She's, she, uh, Veronica said she lived in a house where a murder-suicide happened. Yeah, I want to hear more about that. I definitely want to hear more about that. Alrighty, until then, though, where's the merch link? Oh, that's a great question, friend. Storeenvy.com slash Paranormal Almanac. And Store Envy is, is spelled S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y. Storeenvy.com slash Paranormal Almanac. I'll put a link into this right now. Everybody, hold on a second while I'm typing. Is that right? That looks right. Sure, why not? Stitch is awake. He's coming this way. Dun dun dun. <clears throat> Alrighty. In the meantime, in the in-between time, while I'm waiting for another caller, let me tell you one of these stories that I have. Okay, take these UFO sightings more seriously. Even if you think that most are certainly nonsense, there is still a case for further investigations. This week, the official release. You guys heard about it on the last episode, so I'm going to skip all of that. The Pentagon said those videos are real. But where are the videos from China, from Russia, from around the world? They're saying they're coming. They are out there. And they're going to be released. That's exactly what I want. They said, don't do the tinfoil hat kind of theory about them. There is something to this. Year after year, more and more UFO sightings are becoming legitimized by the government or the military or the police for a reason. There is something out there. There is something to this. Yep, I completely agree. 
completely agree. How you doing, pal? I don't know what that was. Um, alrighty, up next in paranormal news, another very cool one. One that I actually had talked about before. There's a follow-up, and I always love a good follow-up. Remember when I said that they were going to do a live stream at Skinwalker Ranch and that you guys could go onto YouTube and you could watch it for however long you wanted? Well, the live stream at Skinwalker Ranch captures an apparent UFO. Now, I got to put this video up for everybody uh, on Facebook. You know what? I'm going to do that right now before I forget. Ah, I can't do it right now. I'll do it right after the show before I forget. But... They're saying that the live stream that lasted for a total of 12 hours, you can see an apparent UFO in the live stream at 3 hours and 7 minutes and 20 seconds. We have it set at that mark for you below. So <clears throat> just like every other show, let's see what happens. I'm going to watch it live. Okay, it's the night sky. It's the mountains. I'm not seeing anything yet. Wait, what the fuck? Holy crap. I don't, I mean, it could be just someone with a flashlight just shining it directly at the camera. I can't say for sure. I don't know what I'm looking at. I'll be honest. This is so good that I'm gonna throw it up onto uh, into the chat right now. That you guys should you guys should check this out. I don't know. I don't know what I just watched. I'll put it up in the Facebook page as well. I encourage everybody to watch it. I don't know what I just watched. Now, once again, for everybody in the chat, it is at it's queued up at three hours, seven minutes, and twenty seconds. Trust me, you'll see it. You'll know it when you see it. Um, yeah, I don't know what that was. Dr. Travis Taylor said, you'll see evidence we acquired that is scientifically verifiable, and you'll be blown away because I was. Come here. I am still amazed to this day and still have a hard time believing what I saw. What I saw was, with, was within our universe, so to me, it's normal. But I don't know what it was. And I'll be honest, I just watched that video live for the first time right here right now i don't know what that was it could easily be a vehicle of someone walking with the flashlight it could be explainable i'm not saying that it's 100 percent a ufo well it technically is a ufo because i have no idea what the fuck i just watched but i don't know what was there at that moment it wasn't daylight so i can't say you know i could see everything and there was no human there it wasn't pitch black so i don't know what it was but um yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting nonetheless. We have a stitch sighting on camera as well, nonetheless. Hi, pal. Alrighty, let me keep on going on. If you want to call, you can. 818-732-9399. But I want to keep cruising because there's a lot more bizarre stuff to talk about on this episode. I want to make sure that I fill this episode up. There was one episode, I will admit, I didn't have anything planned. I was just like, well, let's just see what happened. And a lot of people complained that there was no paranormal in this paranormal episode. You know what? I can't argue. There was one episode where there wasn't wasn't much paranormal in there. 
Um, Josh said, uh, yes, drones have very bright lights. They can attach to the bottom of them. That is a good point. It very easily could be a drone. They were film or not filming, but they were patrolling that area. They say they do it all the time at Skinwalker Ranch with drones. It could be a helicopter. The owner of Skinwalker Ranch has a helicopter. He flies there all times, day and night. So I don't know what that thing was. Fran said, after everything going on, would we be surprised when the government was like, yeah, aliens are real? Probably not now. So it seems like a good time to trickle in information. That's what I said on the last episode. It is the perfect time. We are all so occupied about, are we going to survive next week? Who, you know, who in my family are going to be, who are, you know, knock on whatever, are going to survive next week with everything that's going on. So it very, very easily is the perfect time for them to go, and aliens are real too, and it would just kind of slip by us. Hey, Andy, how's it going? Um, alrighty, so let me continue on with another odd one. UFO sightings? Google Maps reveals glowing alien craft abducting plane in Fiji. Interestingly enough, so there is a, uh, if, you, if you go to this Google Maps and these specific coordinates, I'm not going to read them off here. I'll put them on the Facebook page. There is a spot, a pin mark on that Google Map that if you zoom in, you'll see a plane. They say the plane is estimated to be 360, or I'm sorry, 36 feet in length, approximately the same size as the nearby strangely glowing patch. They uh, speculate that uh, how big the objects are, how low in altitude, potentially where they were. And it says, it makes no sense. This glowing, shiny object is in front of this plane. Um, Yeah, if you go to it, there is a bizarrely glowing object in front of a plane-shaped object. But again, I don't know what the hell Google Maps is doing. I don't know what it possibly could be. But if you guys want to see it in the chat room right now, this is the uh, this is a perk of being in the chat room. I'm gonna throw all the links in there right there. Ignore the fact that it's from Express.co.uk, which normally I just go bullshit. But it has the Google Map coordinates. You can click on it. You can go to Google Maps, and you will see it. So ignore the bullshit about it being from Express.co.uk, which is all bullshit. Google Maps itself does have that little picture. So I don't know. I don't know. Tom says, maybe they're letting us know more and more because some something's coming that they can't hide. Yep, I completely agree, Tom. That is a, I completely agree with what Fran said. That's a very good thought. Scary, but great thought. Yeah, very easily. You know, they don't have any say really in disclosure. The government can say what they had already found, but if it's something coming and they, you know, the government can't control it, sure, get the news out there, get ahead of it. Let's, you know, get ahead of it as best you can. So, yeah, I can totally get behind that one as well. All right, that's nothing that I want. Here we go. All right, before I continue on, is there, are there any more, are there any callers? Because I want to get to this next story, but I don't want to get interrupted by a caller. So before I do, anybody that wants to call, 818-732-9399. Feel free to call in now. If not, I'm going to go on to a non-UFO-related story for Paranormal Almanac. I'm kind of burning through these. I was really, you know, going to do like, you know, two an hour, but I really like these stories, so I'm kind of burning through them. But that's okay. I'm totally fine with that. I can burn through them a little bit quicker. 
than I had planned. Um, but let's continue on to the next one. Nottingham's Haunted Museum launches live stream so fans can ghost hunt from home. There you go, everybody. You're all trapped at home. Same as me. Here's your chance to go on a ghost hunt. A lot of you guys say, hey, I want to go on a ghost hunt. I want to do a ghost hunt. Well, here you go. Ghost hunters can now get their paranormal fix from the comforts of their living rooms because 12 new cameras will be streaming live from Nottingham's own haunted museum. Once the site of a grand old cinema, the uh, popular attraction in Maperley, sure, ranked as the 27th most haunted location in the UK by HiggyPop.com. HiggyPop knows what they're talking about. Home of the Paranormal Entertainment Awards. What? All right. Pause real quick. I want every listener to go to HiggyPop.com and recommend Paranormal Almanac for the Paranormal Entertainment Awards. I want to be nominated for a Paranormal Entertainment Award. I'll put it right there on my shelf. It'll be awesome. I didn't know that was a thing. That's all I want now. All right, so they say that... uh, the 47-year-old, oh, who's the 47-year-old? Temporary closure hit the site hard, but owner Steve Wesson says he wants to keep paranormal enthusiasts busy. And he says, the 47-year-old said, we had uh, we had to close five weeks ago. Hi, Stitch. We had to close five weeks ago, and the impact has been huge due to not being able to carry on tours, which is what pays to upkeep the museum. The attraction opened in 2018. I don't care about that. When's the actual live thing going on? When's the live thing going on? Give me a date. Come on, man. Is there really no date on this story? What a terribly... What? Come on. No, no, no. Uh, Speaking of recent paranormal activity, he said, whilst carrying out the work on the cameras, I tried to ignore everything going around me as I was alone. We're planning to reopen once the government guidelines have been lifted. Cameras have been installed so they can be viewed in homes around the world. You can now sit in your own home and watch for any paranormal activity, night or day, on the website. Here we go. Thehauntedmuseum.co.uk Thehauntedmuseum.co.uk So guess what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to go to thehauntedmuseum.co.uk and see what's going on. Twelve live 4K cameras coming within the museum in the next few days. Oh, so it's not open quite yet. It's not on quite yet. But they say in the next few days, they'll have 12 live 4K cameras that you can look around Nottingham's Haunted Museum, home to evil spirits, thousands of haunted items and oddities, including possessed dolls and a mirror room said to turn visitors mad. Okay. Well... I will check back in a few days then because I'm very eager to see what goes on there. I want to know more about these Paranormal Entertainment Awards. I'm, I'm fixated on that. I really, really would think that, that would be awesome if I could be, you know, nominated. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it is the, um, the lights aren't flickering. It's the autofocus thing. That happens quite a bit on here. It's driving me crazy. I have an Amazon package out for delivery. What package did I order? Sorry, everybody. This I just got an alert. This is non-paranormal, but uh, apparently I've got something being delivered to my house in a minute. So expect Stitch to bark. If, he, if Stitch starts barking, that's why. Hi, pal. How are you, buddy? Okay. 
What was the website that you were talking about with the Paranormal Entertainment Awards? Higgypop.com. H-I-G-G-Y-P-O-P.com. In fact, I want to go to that website too, Higgypop.com. Kind of like Iggy Pop with an H in front of it. The 10 Most Haunted Places in Cheshire. Cheshire, The House in Between, one of America's Most Haunted House Secrets. Boy, I gotta look into this thing. So it seems like this whole website is all about the paranormal. There's even a Haunted Hunts Quiz. Online Virtual Paracon. That's cool. Wait, that's today. No, that was... Wait, Paranormal Day is today, though. Oh, by the way, Happy Paranormal Day, everybody. Um, Paranormal Day is Sunday, May 3rd, which is today. So, happy National Paranormal Day to everybody. I forgot to say that. That's why I was going to say, like, hey, I should do one a live show because it's Paranormal Day. But um, apparently there was an online Paranormal Con. Why am I not being invited to these things? I really got to contact these people. Paracon starts at 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. You can't go to Paracon. The Paracon comes to you. Wow, I've really got to get in contact with these people. Huh. That's fairly interesting. I'll check on that after it. Higgy Pop. H-I-G-G-Y pop.com. H-I-G-G-Y pop.com. H-I-G-G-Y P-O-P dot C-O-M. <clears throat> yeah, I, that, that's what, I, you know what, Todd? I'm glad you asked me to clarify that because I guarantee a bunch of listeners did what you did and just logged on to Iggy Pop's website going like, what? What the hell's Kurt talking about? So yeah, welcome. Happy, uh, happy Paranormal Day, everybody. I hope you're all having a fantastic Paranormal Day. I hope it's paralicious. I don't know what to say to that. But, wait, what was her name? I already forgot her name. Um, her sister's name is Alexandra. What's, what's her, what was her name, though? Veronica. Veronica and or Alexandra. I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that you guys call before the end of this show. But until then, yes, Fran, I completely agree. Paranormal Almanac needs to be my day job. Desperately trying to make that happen. I, uh, I understand that times are tight. I get that 100%. I've had a few... Um, uh, patrons had to fall off. They said, I'm sorry, I can't do it right now. Totally fine. Wait till we all get through this together. On the other side, if you want to be a patron again, fantastic. I've got some more stuff for everybody, but if not, I can see why. But yes, Paranormal Almanac was my day job. I could be focused more on stuff like this and stuff wouldn't slip through my, my, uh, my fingers, if you will. But let's move on to the next story in tonight's episode. The real-life Conjuring House will be live-streamed for one week. That's right. Oh, oh, I guess we'll get back to that one in a minute. I love that. Caller, you are on the air. Hi, it's Veronica. Yay! Hey, Veronica, how's it going? <laughs> uh, good. I'm, I don't know if my sister's working or something she popped onto the live for a minute but she might be work she was from home is it something right i now. said so is anyway. that why she left did she not like me <laughs> no i'm pretty sure she's working um but uh since she's a coward obviously i'll tell one of the stories that she has told a lot that uh still freaks me out and is the whole reason i can't have a digital clock in my bedroom oh 
Um, so my sister lived in Minnesota for a long time. Uh, I think something like 10 years or something. She lived in a, that, uh, had a murder suicide in it. I guess, I don't know the exact story. I think the guy killed his wife and kids in the living room by the fireplace and hung himself in the barn, if I remember correctly. Good Lord. Um, yeah. So that, so people who bought it, family that bought it, that my sister was with, uh, was a very religious family. The father was like a pastor and didn't believe in any ghosts or any of that. Um, he was cleaning out a crawl space one time and he found like a, a bloody sleeping bag or something and he just threw it out. Like it didn't occur to him to like call the police or anything. What? So I know that, yeah, I, I the family that, that lived there that, that bought the house after that happened um, really did not, was, did not care about what happened, at least the, the father and the mother. They are um, really mellow so, people to be like, oh, I found a bloody have a sleeping bag, just going to throw that out. Like, come on. That's how they were. Um, so my sister, who was friends with one of the daughters, she lived there while she was teaching up in Minnesota. And um, she told us one story. She's, there's so many stories that I can't even, I, there's no way I remember them all. But one night she was sleeping in her room and uh, lights were all off. The only light in her room was her digital clock that was right across in her bed about, if I remember correctly, it was something like six feet away from her. And she woke up in the dead of night and just had a really creepy feeling like someone was watching her. And I guess she called out to see who it was and there was no answer. And she's like, okay, I'm just gonna stare at my clock until I fall asleep. She kept staring at her clock, trying to focus on something. And then something moved in front of her clock. <laughs> so, oh um, no, she right. Um, and I don't remember how the story ends. I think she got up and turned the light on, or she put the covers over her head, or something. And then eventually didn't feel it like it was there anymore. Um, she has so many stories. She also went to a college up there that used to be a fort of some sort, and or an armory. Wait, where and is this again? She, it's in Minnesota. Minnesota, uh, okay. Minnesota. Okay. And she, so there's, she's got a lot of stories from that. Um, one was where she used to work for the yearbook department, which was in the basement of one of the buildings, and she used to have to go there and do photos by herself in the dark room, and she would get locked in a lot. Um, she would have people call the number down there, and there'd be you know dead silence on the line. Lots of stuff like that. So wow. I'm definitely going to work on getting her to call in. Please, to one yes. Of these shows because she has so many stories. They're better than mine. Oh, um, I, and no, this is, these are fantastic already. Now, wait, you I've seen your name here a number of times. You don't have any paranormal stories at all? No, I, I mean, I do. I always feel weird saying mine. I don't know why. I guess because my... Some of my family listens, and I don't want them to think I'm weird, but <laughs> the damage is probably done there. Um, no, my, I mean, so I told this story before to my, my family knows about this, but um, I was visiting my mom's house, and she doesn't live that far from me, a couple blocks away from me, and her house is very old. She knows that the previous owner died there. Um, she thinks there may have been a couple other people that died there, and... There's definitely at least one spirit there. 
I don't know if there are more. She doesn't know. I don't think she wants to know, really. But they will some, sometimes they'll be very interactive, like certain times of day and certain days of the year. Like, they're just, they're very interactive. And, so, and other times they're just making noise. Like, a rocking chair will be rocking above the living room. There's no rocking chair there or that kind of thing. So one time I was there, it was, it was winter, and I was wearing boots that zipped up. Yeah. And they were like knee-high boots, so they zipped all the way up. And then I was kind of arguing with my mom about something and making an excuse to leave. And my mom was like, no, you're going to stay here, and we're going to talk about this or whatever it was. And I don't exactly remember the conversation. But I was very, very angry, and I kept saying I was going to leave. And uh, the zipper on one of my boots went all the way down, like unzipped my whole boot. <laughs> Like, that's creepy. I'm to take my shoes off and stay or something like that. It was very weird. Um, so that's happened. Um, I know that they have like a workroom downstairs that you can hear somebody building stuff in there. Um, yeah, just her house is creepy. <laughs> so, wait, what did you think when all of a sudden your boot just started unzipping? It was really fast. It was like one quick motion, and I looked down and I realized that my boot had just been unzipped. And I had, I had been out and about all day. Like my, if my, your boot comes off if you're walking and it's not zipped. So like I know it was zipped up. Sure. Um, I looked down and I was like it had been unzipped, and I just looked at my mom and she just kind of looked at me, and I was like my boot just was unzipped, and she said, well it must have it must have been like that because she won't like admit like she knows, but if we're in the house she won't talk about the ghost. Oh, wow. I know. You know what? That's that's very common. There's a lot of people that are like, you know what? Don't bring it up here. Let's talk about after the fact. So, sure, sure, totally. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. My your sister, sister your other, sister's, other... your sister's on, um, on, on the chat right now saying, what am I doing? Where am I calling? What's going on? I'm so confused. Oh, okay. I texted her the phone number. So, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to let her call because she needs to... She needs to tell some stories. I love it. This is fantastic. Thank you. A, A, thank you so much for calling in and telling your stories. And B, thank you for getting your sister to possibly call in. Let's, you know, cross our fingers. Thank you so much. These are great. I'm going to be real mad. All right. Well, thanks a lot. (laughs) Thank you. No, thank you. This is fantastic. Thank you. Bye now. Okay. Alexandra, if you're watching this, please call in. All right, Alexandra, please call in. It's 818. 732-9399. 732-9399. Once again, that's 818-732-9399. I hear you have a haunted house. I hear you have paranormal experiences. I would love, please, fingers crossed, if you want to, no pressure for you to call in. I'd love to hear some of your stories. I love that there's, you know, she's trying to get her sister to call in and she has a boot unzipping paranormal story as well. So, Everybody's got a paranormal story. I love it. I will in a minute, pal. We gotta wait a minute. I want this call, and then we will. We still got six more minutes until an hour. So that's right. Today's paranormal day. Tomorrow's Star Wars day. Then it's Cinco de Mayo. Holy crap! You're not kidding, man. Josh, I didn't even think of that. You're right. Gotta give me a minute, buddy. I know. Yes. Fingers crossed. Caller, hopefully, Alexandra, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. 
Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm great. I don't know what you. you're talking about right now. I just saw it on Facebook. We are talking about the paranormal and any paranormal experiences. Now, your sister says that you have a couple of paranormal experiences. I do. I had... A... When I lived in Minnesota, I lived back in the Chicago area now, but when I lived in Minnesota, it seemed like a lot of weird stuff happened there, and I just seemed to be in the places for it to happen. I don't think something followed me or anything. I just, I went to a very old college that had a lot of weird stuff that had happened there, including they used a military academy, and someone killed themselves when it was an academy in the basement that ended up being where I spent a lot of time in the photo studio during school, so some weird stuff happened there. Well, and then like what? After, go ahead. What happened in the basement well, the in the weirdest, photo studio? <laughs> the weirdest story, the one I think Veronica probably wants me to tell if she wants me to talk about sure. college, is the, okay, I was um, on Saturdays. A lot of the people that went to school there lived locally, so I didn't. So most of my friends would be gone on the weekend. It was boring, so I spent most of Saturdays in the darkroom developing pictures because it was the 90s and that's how you pictures back then. Sure. Um, so, so one, I wasn't really ever afraid to be there. It just didn't really bother me. Weird things would happen, but nothing that was like terrifying or anything until this day. I was down there. Everything was locked up. The security guard had to let people in to the building, but it, you know, they knew you were in the studio, it was fine. And I had keys at actual photo studio. So around 10 a.m., the security guard let me in, and I was um, developing pictures, kind of lost track of time, and was listening to music, when all of a sudden the radio station changed to this weird, like, I think it was like a, a Latin station of music, and that was really bizarre. So I was like, that's strange. So, uh, and it started being really loud. But, you know, radios do weird things sometimes. So <laughs> I went in there to, that's what I told myself. Uh -huh, I can sure. a lot of stuff off. You know, every anyway, day, went, every day I say to myself, I'm like, radios just do strange things. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went, I turned it off. And as soon as I turned the radio off, the phone rang. And I was like, well, maybe it's the security guard seeing if I'm still over there. Because they, they kind of kept an eye on the goings in and outs. And that would happen sometimes where they'd call and think I was still there, if I needed anything, blah, blah. I picked it up, though, and it was a, it was nothing. Like, I could kind of hear, like, a buzz in the background. But they said hello a couple times, but nobody answered. So I hung it up. And as soon as I hung it up, the radio blasted on again, like, out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I know I turned this off. So I unplugged it. All right, so at that point I was like, I think I'm done to it right now and I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> so I was gathering my things to leave. And the way the dark room worked, there was like a, a, um, like a turnstile kind of door like you'd go into in a, I don't know, apartment building. I'm sure. probably not describing it right. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, like the ones that, okay, like okay. the revolving, the round revolving doors you see in like in, in New York and in Chicago. Sure. Yes, yes. So the photo, the photo studio had like three different rooms. So there was the outer office, then you took that turnstile door to the developing um, room, and then there was another room separate from that that was just connected by a regular door, and that was also another developing room. Um, so I was in that in-between room when I decided I'm getting out of here, so I went through the turnstile door, and I have my hand on the 
um, I'm going to start the door to leave the photo studio when I heard, like, footsteps overhead. And I thought, well, you know what? I'll stay if there's somebody here, because that makes me feel a lot less scared. And it wasn't weird for um, the cleaning crew to come in on a Saturday or for professors to come in on a Saturday and do work. But I wanted to know who I was. So... I opened the door of the photo office and I yelled upstairs like, hey, who's up there? And everybody knew me on campus. It was a small school. And I, um, the running stopped, but nobody answered. I'm like, oh, it's just Alex down here. Just want to know who's up there. Nobody answered. But then I heard footsteps change and come toward, like, toward the front. Okay. Oh, I'm not explaining this well. I'm sorry. No, you're doing great. No, you're doing great. Okay, so the way you get in the building, you um, it was a, it was a pretty tall old building. You go up these stairs to get in the front door, and then you can stay on that level, and that's the door for all the offices. You go down the stairs to the basement, which is where I was in the photo studio, or there are some other things upstairs. So this these steps were coming to the floor that the offices were on, but when I said it's Alex, I just went those down here, whatever I said. The steps started coming toward, like, the main doors. And in my mind, I'm like, um, I'd rather they don't come down here. And my mind was, like, kind of going a million miles a minute because it was, like, I thought they were, like, little kids kind of running around footsteps, like someone brought their kid with them. But these sound like big, heavy footsteps, and I'm not having fun anymore. So I closed <laughs> the door, and I, I locked it, and I heard these footsteps coming down the steps. And it had two locks, and I locked them both. And I just kind of looked at the doorknob, and I see that somebody is trying to rattle the doorknob to come in and is pounding on the door. Holy. And I was like, this is, yeah. And it was not funny if it was a joke, and I would not put it past anybody to do a joke on me or whatever. But not everybody would have access to just hang out in that building. I mean, just, they didn't let people just go there and hang out. So it would be like a professor. And if it was a professor, they're a terrible person. So <laughs> I was like, you guys, who is it? And the door just kept rattling and pounding on it. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to call security. And I'm just going to have them come over here. I don't care. So I pick up the phone and the phone is dead. And there's no dial tone no. or anything. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And of course, I didn't have a cell phone and... I think this was like 97 or 98. So I didn't know what to do. So I the, I listened to the rattling, and it's, I felt like something was there. I definitely felt like something was there. But nothing, um, nothing, like nobody said anything. And then I can't explain it other than to say that after a while, I just felt like that presence was gone. Like, whatever it was, I just felt like there was nothing else there. And, I mean, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see under the door. But at this point, I'm freaked out on many levels. So I'm trying to decide what to do. And the phone rings. And I was like, okay, this could be good or bad. Let's just see. And I pick it up. And there's nothing on the line. But, like, I, nothing I could tell for sure. But I heard, like, a buzzing. And I almost felt like, I almost thought I could hear that far away voices on it but not anything specific so but the phone but the phone was definitely the the phone didn't do anything when you tried to call out it was dead dead right exactly exactly so i and at this point there's not a dial tone there's nothing when i had picked it up but this time i was like okay i'm just gonna have to get out of here on my own so 
I had two options to leave. One was to go run up the stairs and out the front door, which probably sounded like the most direct route, but I also had heard the footsteps upstairs. That's where the whatever had come from, and I was not interested in in dealing with that. The other option would be if I run straight, like kind of straight ahead from the doors, there's another door to the outside that kind of is an enclosed um, little it was Minnesota, so everything they could enclose, they did. Sure. So, like, these enclosed stairway, staircase to get outside. So I thought that was my best option because it was straight ahead, and I felt like once I was out of the building, I would be okay. So if I was in that little enclosed area, on the way outside, I felt like I had less time left in the actual building. So that's what I did. I... Like, took a deep breath, grabbed the keys. I didn't even worry about relocking the photo studio, which would have gotten me in big trouble. And I just took off for those doors. So I open the door. I don't see anything. I don't feel anything, but I just want to get out of there. And I run up the steps to leave. And I push the bar down, and I notice that it's chain locked. So there's, like, a chain locked around the bar of the door to the railing of the staircase and i was oh, like this is no. like a scary movie how is this even happening yeah that's what i was gonna say so you I'm are like, in a horror film right now holy crap i know so then i was like all right i'm gonna go back in the studio i mean i guess i can at least lock myself in there and i go to go down the stairs and i can't open the door to get back in so i'm stuck in this like enclosed area which of course it has it's, it's got like a glass window but there's nobody, I can't see anybody on campus. I have no way of getting a hold of anybody. So I, I, I was there for, oh, I thought it was a long time. It was probably only like an hour or so. And the security guard was doing rounds and he let me out. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, I don't know who was in here, but they were messing with me. And he's like, Alex, I've been here all, I've been on, on duty all day. Nobody has gone in and out of here but you. Holy so, crap. Right. So that's the entire story. It's kind of a long one, I know, but it was horrifying. No, and that's I still... terrifying. Yeah. Yes, really bad. Um, so yeah, that was awful. And then this is—I'm not going to be a long story. I don't want to monopolize your time. But I did live in this house where somebody had supposedly killed himself, but it, it was probably a murder, and it was in a small Minnesota town. And murders in small towns, I've learned, are much worse than murders in big cities because. You have small-time, small-town policemen who can do decide to push it to a higher level that has the ability to do stuff or not, and everybody knows everybody, and probably in this case a lot of evidence was hidden, but yeah, that house, I'd hear things all the time. I would wake up with, like, puncture wounds on my arm, and um, Wait, I, I heard voices constantly. Hold on. You woke yeah, up with was, puncture wounds on your arm? Yeah, and it was. It always looked exactly the same. It looked like someone took a fork and pierced my arm. So, like, like barely, like four or five or whatever puncture marks. I think three. It was always three, three puncture marks that looked like in a perfect line. It looked like I, I can't explain it. And I am a very light sleeper, and I never woke up to feeling it. I would just wake up in the morning and see it, and I was like, "What the heck?" And it was always oh my on my God. arm. Yeah, it was really a lot of weird stuff there. Now, it was a bizarre. How long did thing. you live there? Five years, I think. Wow, With you put in people. I never lived there by myself. But you still, you put in a good amount of time for five years. Now, do you know when the murder suicide happened? Was it recent? Was yes. it like in the fifties or what? Well, 
No, it was the 80s. It was the late 80s, and a man had been in a really bitter divorce battle with his wife, um, and he ended up coming out on top. She was pretty highly connected in the town, um, as much as that matters, but if you've never lived in a small town, like, small town politics are kind of hilarious and also terrifying because they kind of, they do whatever they want, and they can pretty much get away with it because nobody ever finds out what they're doing. Sure. Um, small town, so that's kind of what happened, and so this guy, um, he was about to get custody, like, the judge had granted, or the DCFS person that said she was recommending the custody would go to him, full custody, and that he could have the house and didn't have to give her any money, and things were going really well, and then they found him, supposedly in the living room, that he killed himself, but like with a rifle. And he had a lot of guns, I mean, it was in the country, he was a hunter, and he had a lot of handguns too. Why would you kill yourself with a rifle? That's so awkward, like how do you even, I mean, I know it's possible, but it's awkward. So then um, the family got a really good deal in the house, the family I was living with, so they didn't, and they knew about it. Everybody knew about it, but they didn't think anything. They were like, well, we're going to get a good deal on the house, so let's buy it. And uh, when they first moved in, there was a barn. They had horses. And the, um, the dad was just kind of looking around and seeing what was what. And he went in the attic of the barn, and he found a sleeping bag up there. And he pulled it down, and there was blood and hair and brain matter on it. And he, was, he was a former policeman, so he called the police, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll take this. It's probably nothing. And he's like, well, it's not nothing. I mean, there was a murder that happened here. There, uh, a suicide that just happened here. This might be proof that it was a murder. And he's like, oh, I don't, it's not a murder, but don't worry. We'll do a full investigation into it. And they never called him back, never looked into it. Um, later on, he called and followed up, and they said, well, when someone came to the crime scene, he actually killed himself outside, and they dragged him inside because they didn't want his body out there, and they used the sleeping bag to um, clean up some of the mess. Come on. And it, but it's fine. It was just a, a story that doesn't really make sense. But no. anyway, that happened in the late 80s, and I moved in there in 2002, I think. So it wasn't maybe 10 years before I lived there, but they'd had weird things happen the whole time. Wow. And all right. nothing major. Well, no. I mean... Still, any kind of paranormal activity in a house like that is, is you know, major as far as I'm concerned. And like I said, you stuck it out right. for five years. That's impressive. Well, you know, I wasn't ever really scared. Obviously, waking up with the puncture marks on my arm, that wasn't super fun. Um, but really, the only... I know, and now I'm realizing, like, how am I minimizing that? That's, That's so what weird. I was going to ask you. I'm like, what, what rattles you? My God, you're in horror movies. You're getting punctured in your sleep. What rattles you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it, was, it wasn't, like, it did freak me out a little bit. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm fine. I don't right. know. How deep were these puncture marks? Were they, like, did they, you know, scab over and stick with you for a little while? Or was it, like, you know, barely, they like, there? Not, they're almost, like... They're almost like a cat scratch. Like, okay. uh, like blood didn't come out of it, and it wasn't like a long scratch or anything. It was just a puncture wound. But like, when a cat kind of gets his his uh, nails sure. for a second, that's what it kind of looked like. But always in a straight but line. Always three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looked like a fork. It looked like if someone took a fork because they're a horrible person, I guess, and decided <laughs> to sit down with it a little bit. That's what it would look like. You know, like you do. 
Uh, wow. And I showed I showed the people I live with, and they're like, yeah, that's weird. Anyway, did my family think anything of it? And I'm like, okay, I guess that it's fine. Who are these people? What is happening? Why is... <laughs> I know, I know. I, well, they didn't believe in ghosts. The kids did, but the parents... I lived with this my parents' family, and the parents didn't believe in ghosts. They were very... They're Christians. I mean, I was, I, I'm a Christian, too, but I also believe in weird paranormal things. I think being a Christian, you have to believe in paranormal things. Come on. But anyway. Well, yeah, um, I mean, come on. It's a big part of the religion. Um, I'm sorry. There's a there's a ghost that plays a major part in that story. <laughs> exactly. That's why, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it was, they like, yeah, I, I mean, weird things happen, but everything's explainable. But the friends I had that lived there with me, they're like, yeah, no, it's just ghosts. It's not explainable, and we don't know why. And, I mean, everybody who lived there had stories of things um, moving for no reason, like turning your head in the laundry basket was not in the laundry room, and it was on the living room floor, like, totally far. Like, weird things like that. Um, all of us would hear, um, you know, like... The, like I'd, I'd be in the, the their computer room working on something, and I would see someone running up the stairs and hear something running, hear someone running up the stairs and kind of see it out of the corner of my eye, and then go to see who it was and nobody was home. Um, that was all the time, and they experienced that that exact same thing too. And that always made me wonder, maybe the guy who killed himself, or who, the guy who killed the person ran upstairs at some point and it's I'm re-seeing what happened I don't know sure yeah you have no idea yeah right and I didn't love by myself but that hardly ever happened when everybody was out of town um I I just didn't really feel scared as long as people were there with me wow I gotta say like really big house (laughs) I give you some serious props for like you know just being like yeah it is what it is I mean I live in a house that has weird shit that happens not to that extreme but still I mean nothing's ever stabbed me but you know after a while you just kind of you know it's just part of the house you learn to live with it so I can kind of get that like laid back mindset but uh but wow fork stabbing that's a new one I was in danger that would be weird and again like obviously the marks on me I don't know I always thought I guess in my head it was trying to tell me something and because it wasn't like it hurt me hurt me it just it did enough to me for me to notice and I always wondered am I supposed to figure something out from this is this a clue to something and I never figured out what that would be I mean I still would love to no they don't live there anymore and I all whenever I go back to visit Minnesota which is at least once a year I I go drive past it and just I'll always wonder what, what what happened there. It was so weird. Yeah, I'm very curious that myself. I mean, I definitely don't want you to give the address out on the air because someone lives there, and, you know, that would be a fiasco <laughs> for that family that lives there. But I would love to do some research privately on what, you know, is anything still being reported at that house or, you know, like, e- you know, mail them a letter or email them saying, hey, if you're still having ghost activity, please call me because I'd like to hear. Like, that's just insane. And I, well, I would be happy to give you the address privately. I mean, I did look online, like, to see if there's any archives about even a reporting about this murder. I could never find anything. I mean, it was something that I guess nobody really talked about. And this is a small rural town in boring old Minnesota, and you can get away with a lot there, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, so if, if you want to. I know details. I never even knew the guy's name. Wow. No, yeah, definitely. If you want to, please direct message me after this or during this, wherever, you know, private message me 
and and I won't I won't share that address, but I will definitely do some research and let you know what I found out because I love doing that kind of research. And if there was I a murder suicide, <laughs> yeah, oh God, yeah, I will find out. I will I will deep dive that one for you because that's really interesting. All right, I will send you that information. I love it. You have a fantastic attitude towards the paranormal and, and a kick, you know, like, that's awesome. You kick ass. I love, I'm so glad that you called. So, well, I am too. And I just want to say, my sister Veronica is the one that told me about your podcast. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah I'll get to it at some point. And I'm, I love it. I finally oh, listened and I was like, thank you. why didn't you tell me sooner? So it's lots of fun. And we, we have a little podcast we do and we always give you a shout out because we're always like, what do we like this week? And I always say, oh, well, wait, here's your so chance. We love you guys. Well, thank you so much. Here's your chance. <laughs> Promote your podcast. What's your podcast? Oh, it's called Sister Side Gig. It's nothing like super weird like yours and fun. We're just five sisters and we talk about pop culture. And we had we had a couple scary episodes, which like scary things happen to us and stuff like that. That's been um, one of the time the first time we started talking about podcast. But yeah, sister side gig. Yep, that's us. I love it. I'm gonna check out sister side gig because I I love <laughs> I love both. I, both you and your sister were have such great attitudes and are, were fun, you know, storytellers. I, I love, I love your calls. These were fantastic. Thank you both so much. No, thank you. You're lots of fun. I will send you a message about my uh, my old house, and I'd love to hear if you find anything out. Oh, awesome! I definitely will. I will deep dive the crap out of that one. Thank you so much, Alexandra. That was really cool. Thank you. Oh, no problem. You keep doing what you're doing, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. All right, everybody, you got to check out Sister Side Gig. Wherever you get your podcasts, please listen to Sister Side Gig. I'm going to check it out this week. Veronica, Alex, or Alexandra, they were both fantastic. Great stories. Holy crap, I love it. But we're at that part of the podcast. We actually hit that a little while ago, but I, I kind of, you know, told them to wait a second. It's time to take a stitch break. So hopefully the music works. I didn't get a drink, um, you know, I didn't have time. I only have a minute. But, uh, alrighty, let's get to the uh, comments here. Let's see what's going on. Krista, great story, great call. I agree, they were both fantastic. Uh, whatever happened to Storm Area 51? Nothing. Nothing happened. Bunch of idiots went there and danced around like hippies for a couple minutes, but nobody actually went into Area 51 because, because they would have been shot dead instantly. Um, 
yeah, a couple people got arrested. Nothing, nothing too outstanding happened. Um, Veronica, doo -doo -doo -doo. no, that's, yeah. So that was it for the messages. But how cool were those calls? Holy crap! Uh, sister side gig. Make sure you listen to that podcast. I want to check it out after this. Alrighty, what was I talking about before these amazing calls? The Real Life Conjuring House will be live streamed for one week. That's right. For one week in May, the Dark Zone Network is setting up a 24-7 live stream of the Real Life Conjuring House in Rhode Island. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba, let's find out when this one's going to be. Bored at home and looking for a virtual escape? The Dark Zone wants to help you with the live stream of the real-life haunted house that inspired The Conjuring. From May 9th to May 16th, the 24-7 interactive live stream event will document the lives of the people who live there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whole, the point of this is, let's see, um, you have to shell out some cash to watch it. To view a 24-hour session of the broadcast will cost you $4.99, $19.99 will get you full access for the entire week. A portion of the proceeds will uh, will donate to uh, will be donated to COVID-related charities, and you'll be able to view a free live stream preview on May 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plus, discounted advance tickets will be available May 1st, so they're already available. Hopefully, it's still available. Um, feels somewhat lame to have to pay for a live stream. Bah, screw that crap. I think it's fine. I don't, that's the store, the website said that part. I think it's fine. So you can go to the darkzone.tv, the darkzone.tv. I'm going to pin that right there real quick. Boom, bam, done. And let's see what's going on on this darkzone. Um, there is a teaser. Is the teaser still happening? World is on lockdown. This is the real conjuring house. So there's nothing. All right, that's just an ad. I don't care. Um, yeah, so a pre-sale discount will be available very soon. Sign up for a free membership to receive a link to the discount tickets. Link was, links will only be sent on May 4th. Ooh, so tomorrow, the link for a discount code will be available. And a portion of the proceeds will be donated to COVID-19 charities. Doesn't say how you sign up. That really angers me, you know. You want people to sign up, make it easier. But check out thedarkzone.tv. There's another chance for you guys to do paranormal investigating while you're stuck at home, while you're trapped at home, hopefully without a fork-stabbing ghost at your home. I thought I heard I thought I heard my 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 Chinese food delivery, but I don't th I think I think we're good. I think we're fine. I think we can continue on. Still got a little bit of time left before that shows up. Okay. So that about does it for all of my stories for the episode. I kind of burnt through them all in the first hour, but there's plenty more to be had. The phone lines are still open. 818-732-9399. Uh, let me see what Josh says. I rewatched the live stream UFO video. It looks like the same time for each camera view, there is a Jeep with at least four very bright lights attached to it. Stops on the path. That would explain everything. Thank you, Josh, for debunking what I didn't have to go back to to debunk. So, yeah, that explains that. On the live stream from the Skinwalker Ranch, Josh says, at the same time for each camera view, there is a Jeep with at least four very bright lights attached to it. Explained. 
As far as I'm concerned, debunked. I love the fact that it was debunked. Thank you, Josh, for doing the legwork on that one. Uh, yeah, so there we go. So that, all right, so that's it for me. Anybody in the chat room has a story. Even if you don't want to call in, you can always write it in the chat, in the chat room, and I will gladly read your story. But I have one more story that I really don't want to burn through right away, but I guess we're an hour and a half. Screw it, I'll burn through it right now. I thought this was a very interesting hypothesis to the Loch Ness monster. She's not a monster, it's Nessie. But um, a very, very interesting one. Hold on real quick. Uh, hi, Charles. Hey, Charles from Kansas. Thank you. Love the debunks. Thank you, sir. Um, here we go. The last story of this episode. Unless I get a call, this will wrap up this episode. Oh, Angela says, when I was 10 years old, I was playing video games, and from the window of my room, I saw a glowing orb with a tail slash trail following it. It floated across the room, went into the wall. I could never debunk it or explain what it was. See? That's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Do more of those, everybody listening. That's really cool. I can't explain what that was either. Thank you, Angel. That was awesome. Alrighty, to get to the last story of this episode. Very interesting hypothesis. Was the Loch Ness Monster inspired by earthquakes? Are sightings of the Loch Ness Monster, of Nessie herself, do they correlate to earthquakes? Well, perhaps. Because in 2001, Italian geologist Luigi Picardi presented at the Earth System Processes meeting in Edinburgh a hypothesis. He says, The description of the monster appearing on the surface causing great waves could be based on seismic activity along the Great Glen Fault. The Great Glen Fault is an important fault where two tectonic units, doesn't matter, uh, composed mostly of metamorphic rocks, doesn't matter, meet. Guess where they meet? Well, Loch Ness is a 22-mile-long lake located just above the fault zone. As rocks are sliding sideways against each other and break, earthquakes happen, releasing gases from the bottom of the lake and causing bubbles and waves on the water's surface. The hypothesis originated in an interview blah, 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 from the historic accounts of the Loch Ness Monster. He says there are various effects on the surface of the lake that can be related to the activity of the fault, of the earthquakes. The beast appears, not a beast, come on, be nice. Beast appears and disappears, disturbing the waters of the lake. We know that there was a period, 1920 to 1930, with the most reported sightings of Nessie. Guess what also happened there? Increased activity of the fault. He says, in his opinion, in reality, people have seen the effects of earthquakes on the water. People go on to say it's not that far-fetched at all. That, in conjunction with giant catfish and other big creatures like eels in the, the lock itself, could explain a lot of these sightings. Let's see, according to the biography of St. Columbia, the scene described happened in the year 565. Oh, he's talking about the original story of the of uh, of Nessie, and it doesn't quite match up. I get that. I don't think he's explaining all of the sightings, but I got to back science on some of this. It does explain some of these sightings. It explains a few of them. Really interesting. I like that one personally. I like when science tries to debunk or prove the paranormal, so I will always do those. Let's see. 
My father-in-law thinks he saw a UFO, but he's the but he's only told the story once when he was drunk on Thanksgiving. He doesn't believe in my weird stuff. I'm gonna have to get a kid to see if they get. I'm gonna have to have a kid <laughs> to say yes. Have your kid see if they can get the story out of him, please. I don't know if you want me to say your name, so I won't say it. But yes, do that. Ha have your have your kid. She's she's persuasive. She got Sean Bishop to you know give up some stuff. Do that. Um, better watch knocking on Satan's door with this ghost crap. They're not human spirits. They're probably familiars or demonics. Uh, you know what, Bubby? There's always the possibility that that that's yeah sure, maybe, but I don't think demons or familiars explain away all of the paranormal. But I get what you're saying. I respect your view and your and respect your opinion, totally. I don't think personally. I mean, this is just from me. I don't think I'm ever knocking on Satan's door when I talk about ghosts. I don't like talking about. Um, I don't like talking about possessions. I made that very clear. I don't like doing those episodes. There are some th certain things where, you know, I'll leave it be. I'll tell some stories, but I'll leave it be. I don't like giving out specific names of demons when some people say that or I hear that across the story because I do think it gives them power. I can get what you're saying 100%. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. But um, I don't know. No one knows. That's why we, that's the whole point of this show. We want to talk about paranormal experiences because the more you talk about them, the more data you collect, the more scientifically you can look at them and try to figure out. Because I completely, I've said it a billion times, I think science will prove the paranormal. The paranormal is just paranormal because science hasn't gotten to the ability to prove it yet. But we'll see. I don't know. Um... Uh, does it disturb the Loch Ness? Shakes his world. Yeah, Susan, so that's the thing. It Maybe that's a flip side of that. Actually, I kind of like that, Susan. So that's a flip side of that. If there is a fault, and there is, there's a fault under Loch Ness itself, when it does, when it is active, when there are earthquakes under the lock, are we seeing the results of the earthquake? Or are we seeing Nessie because Nessie's being disturbed by the earthquakes. I mean, you go, when there's an earthquake here in California, knock on wood, I don't want another one, but when there's an earthquake here in, in Los Angeles and you go outside and you look left and right, everybody's outside looking left and right because we're all, you know, hey, did you feel that? Did you see that? Did you feel that? I mean, it's everywhere. My whole entire Facebook feed will instantly become earthquake, question mark, earthquake, exclamation point. Felt it here, felt it here, felt it here. So they're all going outside. So you're getting more activity could the sightings of Nessie be because Nessie's being disturbed by the earthquake? I like that, Susan. I kind of do. I dig that. Huh. Fran says, in 2006, in Belleville, Illinois, there was a murder-suicide. My good friend and co-worker lives behind the house, doesn't know if it's paranormal because she never gets to know the neighbors. No one has lived in that house for longer than a year. Hmm. That's really interesting. Uh, Angel, I'm down to investigate places. Let's start a show and pitch it to TV networks. Angel, way ahead of you. Um, I've pitched Paranormal Almanac every week, a different topic. I go in and investigate or debunk said topic. It To me, I personally would like it to be like the old time TV show In Search Of. But with me, with Paranormal Almanac. So fingers crossed that actually happens. Um, if you know anybody that can get it going, please let me know because I've kind of used up most of my connections. Most of my connections. But 
one day, hopefully. Uh, let's see. He's referencing a spirit in the garden, which, uh, yes, the body of the animal. That's exactly what I got out of as well, Todd. Oh, when he said familiar, I'm sorry, I didn't see the question. What's a familiar? Sorry. Um, yes, a familiar is a, a spirit or something that inhabits the body of an animal that if you're, if you're, I mean, you know what? Todd says it better to me. They're supposed to guide and be faithful to the practitioner. Ultimately, yes, that is exactly what it is. All righty. Well, we're at a one hour and 30 minute mark. Shall we wrap it up? It's getting close to, it's 4.30 now. It's getting close to five. Five is my cutoff break anyway. If anybody has any more calls, 818-732-9399. I'm going to try and, I'm going to ramble for a minute. Oh, apparently a package is outside as well for me. So I shouldn't stay on here too long. I don't want someone stealing my package. No idea what that is. Um, thank you, Ashley. If the lore guy can get a show, so should you. Thank you. I agree. A hundred percent. Um, let's make it happen. Let's do this. That's all I want. I want to do a couple of, sh I would love to do a TV show about Paranormal Almanac for you guys or radio show or, you know, satellite radio show or iHeart radio show where I can do this all the time because I love it. Nothing makes me happier than talking to people about their paranormal experiences, talking about paranormal places or experiences Proving or disproving them. Whatever happens, happens. Okay, Angel. I definitely will. I'll send you that. That would be awesome. Um, all right. You know what? Let's wrap it up here. I think this is a good spot. This is a fantastic show. Amazing calls. Amazing chat. Always, as I say it every time, but if you can, get into the Facebook Live part of this. Even if you don't have a Facebook, create one just so you can go to the Facebook Live parts of these because there's so much going on in the chat room while I'm doing this show. I try to include a little bit here or there, but there's way more than I, you know, what I talk about that um, I think it's fantastic. I love watching everybody in the uh, in the chat room. I think they're great. They interact all together. They're a fun group of people. We're all like-minded individuals, which I think is freaking awesome. Um, so let's wrap it up here. Let me turn off the phone so I don't get a billion calls while I'm not waiting for it. Uh, one second here. There we go. Okay, with that, thank you all so much. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay at home. Let's get this all happening. You guys got a lot of paranormal stuff that you can watch and watch live. Seems like it's going to be a fun week. Fun couple of weeks, really. Um, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig. What's up? Well, I tell you what's in the package. All right, hold on one second. Let me grab the package. Let me see what's in there. You got it, James. Oh, I'm sorry, Stitch. I didn't even run over your feet. Okay, hold on. Before I before I sign off. I still don't know what this is. Oh, this is so exciting for those listening at home. Sorry, everybody. Oh, Jesus Christ, I ordered this freaking, I ordered this two months ago. It is a very high quality uh, two-part compound super glue for my Boba Fett armor costume cosplay that I'm building right now. Uh, yeah, sorry, Josh, it was not UPS. Um, yes, I am wearing my PJ, my uh, pajama jeans. Um, yeah, well, you know, I had, actually, I had people watching. I had to rip into it right away. All, you know, this episode's also brought to you by Pajama Jeans. Pajama Jeans. They feel like pajamas. They kind of look like jeans. They're fantastic. But uh, anyhow, when I finish the Boba Fett gear, 
I'll let you guys all see it, see what you guys think, because I'm quite proud of it so far. But with that, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Thank you for watching. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe. Till next time.